0: Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
2: <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy. I'm sitting here with my brother, Mitchell Smith.
0: What's going on, everyone?
2: And the legend, RK. What up? And we have a special guest for you today, Bring in some new type of BDE, some big designer energy. Oh. We've got the legend,
1: Eric Weedham. That's right. BDE, big design energy. Let's go.
3: <laughs> Does that make you feel cool?
1: Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Not, very, very little makes me feel cool.
3: Doesn't sound that cool.
2: <laughs> so we played our first, uh, we recorded our first episode of Big Drive Live today, which is Mitchell versus me, me versus Mitchell. I'm not sure the proper grammar on that. Uh, out on the golf course for nine holes and uh, we had some guests and one of these guests was Eric Weedham. and gotta say I was extremely impressed with how Eric hit the ball that's right the way that Ryan kind of prefaced this to us it was going to be like Eric and Ruto kind of hitting some bad shots here and there and Mitchell and I trying to save them and in all reality Eric saved me quite a few times today so
1: yeah I was really hitting it well I was pretty impressed with by myself like uh I um I used to golf a lot and I haven't golfed in like regularly for years and so my drive is usually like a pretty like uh it's like an adventure I would say <laughs> but today the adventure was on point
3: I think Eric hit every fairway 9 holes but I think he hit all what what would that be 7
0: Yeah he striped it I think he hit more fairways than any of us did and hit it straighter and better contact for sure i was thoroughly impressed
2: well the worst part is i try to big bring the big drive energy to the the live shows the podcast and on the first hole i piped one i absolutely rocketed that and we drove up there and eric who just fresh off the range he was hitting about 100 balls. He was there very early, which I was proud to see my teammate there. He worked Mitchell, up a
3: good sweat before he was Very hot. Lathered.
2: Mitchell's teammate, Rudo rolled down to the tee, shirt untucked, about right before tee time, maybe hit a few putts.
0: In a pair of hiking boots.
2: <laughs> and uh, Eric was only 10 yards behind me. So I was like, wow, I'm really uh, really a great pro here, out here showing my my talent when this guy's coming out and just bombing it right behind me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, what, what can I say? I I did. I went out to the range early. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Uh, I was making little bets with myself that if I hit uh, three good drives in a row, I'd reward, reward myself with a soda pop. Oh my god! I, <laughs> I was drinking the soda, man. Things things got went well for me. <laughs>
2: he was drinking a soda. So, what was the reward for the hot dog? What was uh, it? That five gl- good shots. Gl- in a row?
1: You mean the glizzy? Yeah. The
2: gl- Yeah, it's a glizzy. The glizzy so, king. I, <laughs> I need to hear that. Why this is called this? Right? I don't
1: know why. Like, I would say a hot dog is the number one word that we've all uh, accepted and doesn't need a nickname, but for whatever reason, the internet has decided to award a nickname to hot dogs and the first time I became aware of it was during the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and people were referring to Joey Chestnut <laughs> as a as a uh, glizzy gladiator.
3: <laughs> he really missed an opportunity to go with the glizard king.
1: <laughs> so then I, I don't, know, Holy then shit. I don't know. I've taken it to heart and I've I've eaten more hot dogs lately than I should. Than I would normally, yeah. uh, so anyway, I, I rewarded myself with a, a soda and a glizzy and uh, things only went up from there.
0: I almost up. feel like it doesn't hurt as bad when you eat a hot dog. If you call it a glizzy, <laughs> like you're like, oh, like you kind of make it sound cool. Not like I'm yeah, just yeah. eating like, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. six inch piece of shit. Like <laughs> that's just horrible. Well, yeah, but you call like, it a glizzy and it's hot. It's yeah, like a new nickname. Like,
1: oh man, I can't, I'm broke. I can't believe I have to eat this. Six pack of Glizzies. <laughs> wow, actually, things, are so, things aren't things looking so bad for me now. So on while we're on the topic, of hot dogs, you
2: might as well roll with it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> no. I gotta ask this question.
1: Oh
3: God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, one thousand percent no. No,
1: hundred yeah. percent agree with you there. Yeah.
3: I I can't even stand for any other argument.
1: <laughs> I actually agree. I mean, I feel like like um, like it's a that's just a question of. Um, I don't know, just trying to organize thing. It's just like an organizational <laughs> question, um, which I don't feel like we need. Like, the only thing we need to worry about with hot dogs is whether or not we should call them Glizzies or give them other, some, some other kind of nickname. Um, but as far as an organizational standpoint, like...
2: Is it because the bun is closed? Like, if you rip the bun at the bottom well, it's the just, it's just and just like it's flip meat, it on it, the top, that's meat, like a sub sandwich, right? With it's just like
1: meat enclosed in bread.
2: That's...
3: But, wh- Here's the thing: as a society, we need to stop trying to stuff everything into a category. Just let yeah. hot dogs be hot dogs. I know. Or yeah. Gl- or let, let a
0: glizzy be a glizzy. Yeah.
3: Just let a gliz gliz. You know.
0: <laughs> I almost feel like a sandwich has to be more of a, a square, um, not a rectangle. Like, see, look
1: at, look at you. You're what trying about to an Philly cheesesteak.
0: Okay. Well, um, that's goddamn. This is, a God damn, this like, is already yeah, a disaster. We gotta move on. You're yeah. There's too many rabbit holes to go down. But <laughs> I do not think a hot dog is a sandwich by any means. It's not even close.
1: Is it? Oh, okay. You know what? Let's, let's move right, we're
2: <laughs> moving on past the wiener talk, and uh, we're going to get into our round of golf today. Um, in case you guys didn't see the live stream, I did take home the crown. I'm That's now 1-0. Hell yeah, dude. It uh, feels really good because, like I said on the last pod, uh, Mitchell is a better golfer than me. I'll still admit that. But he was looking a little shaky potatoes
3: today. I mean, it was
2: he was putting Ruto in some tough spots. And nine. When, <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, like hitting? How about when you hit it in the water on eighteen? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah.
0: well, you laid it up it's behind kind of a, a tree, well, behind the water. I couldn't even see the flag. And you Jeez. also
2: hit a couple of just wonky approach shots that were easy and close, and left left some tough spots. Fourteen, perfect example, pretty easy shot, straightforward. You left him behind the hill. You way overshot it. That 15, pin was tucked middle thing. left.
0: No, that pin was, was tucked. The same
2: exact thing. You, yes. You had an easy 70-yard shot and you hit and left him 30 feet.
0: Okay, we were downwind, pin was tucked front with a false front. There is no way you are going to get that shot close. I don't care who you are. Don't I mean, don't I'll, even don't. Just yeah. What's not? Well, we can move on to <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little worked up. And no, it was fine. Like Good I luck. I really didn't hit the ball that well. I hit a few shots where they were slightly questionable and I felt a little out of character today, and I really do want another shot at that because I really think we could whoop your ass.
3: You can tell that uh, Mitchell isn't used to losing to
1: Spencer.
0: No. Oh, no. I'm not comfortable with it. Like, this is not where I live. He's, this like is... a real,
1: he's got a real loser lather. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like a sore loser. I am just disappointed myself
1: sure, that
0: sure. I didn't do all that I could. But that's just
3: in yourself that the wind was blowing. <laughs>
0: well, that yeah. Well, I'm just saying I made poor contact with some of those. I did not play as well as I could have. He had to
3: talk himself. I'll, he had to talk himself there. Like he wouldn't into Spencer it. saying he could have played better. He had to talk himself into saying that he did it. No one else is allowed to tell that. Oh,
0: well, and Spencer played well. I'll give him that. And Eric played well. And Ruto hit a lot of good shots. Like I wouldn't necessarily say that anyone was like the glaring weakness um they just came out on top so props to them
3: i my big takeaway of today was like okay i knew eric could hit a golf ball so i I wasn't too concerned about that ruto came out of nowhere like (laughs) you just don't see rudos just walking up to the tee and hitting good shots out of nowhere like that like i realized he said he's been playing a long time but i was just i was I was expecting much less, and I, I feel like I owe an apology because I, I was like, uh...
1: We can bring him in here.
3: This is a... Yeah, we, <laughs> because I truly underestimated. Like, he actually wrote in our Slack, like, yeah, I can shoot in the 80s, and I was like, no chance. <laughs> and then he played well enough today to probably shoot in the 80s.
2: Yeah, no, he hit it well, and uh, Mitchell, with this whole wind comment, he actually read a book uh, probably 10 years ago, and, and he's, he hasn't let this go since. It's I think it was Arnold Palmer...
0: That wrote the book? No, it was Jack Nicholas. Jack
2: Nicholas. And Jack Nicholas said, in order to be a great golfer, basically, I'm summarizing here, you can't think that it was your swing that screwed up the golf shot. It's the lie, it's the wind. So playing with Mitchell, RK, you've played with Mitchell a little bit now. Uh, Eric has as well. Every shot, it's like not his fault. And that <laughs> drives me up a fucking wall. It, it honestly drives me I have me. to blame he, he can some. Have like. Per-
0: and I know, I know it's me, but I can't, like, I've built up this wall that is so high that I can't knock it down at this point. Like, I think I'm good enough. Even when I hit a bad shot, I'm like, it can't be me. Like, I, it's, I'm shocked. When I hit a shot that's that bad, I'm like, holy shit. This is so out of left field, I don't even know what happened. It must have been an outside force.
3: I like this. I like this. It's like a... It's like having a short ter- short-term short memory as a quarterback. Like, you know, you got to just forget it. Exactly. on something else and get past it. Like, if you don't
0: think you're the best, but no, there's actually, no one else is going to think you are.
3: I think there's something to this, though, because – if you make a bad swing and you're instantly thinking like, "Oh my God, did I go inside out on that? Or was, I, or did I come across it? Or am I over the top?" Well, then the next time you get over the ball, you're like, "Okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't." Do if you're just like, "Oh yeah, bad lie," just go right back to it next time. Especially when you're a, a high caliber golfer and you actually don't have a lot of swing flaws. Yeah. I think that I think I understand why Jack Nicholas said that.
0: Yeah, you start micro analyzing everything when shit gets a little bit off the rails and then you can kind of go one or one of two ways excuse me you can kind of brush it off and just keep going or you can really go down the rabbit hole of like what's going on and it, it has led to a lot of really good golfers just going off the deep end because they read too much into their poor golf shots when in reality it's just somewhat conditions and they make a bad swing. Everyone's not perfect and that happens. So I, that's kind of how I look at it is it might've been a little bit me. It might've been a little bit of conditions and I just kind of shrug it off and move on. well clearly not actually
1: i've been holding on to now for about four hours so we've moved on at all actually
2: well and honestly that's what makes him so good and and i do say he's better than me is things like that where he doesn't overanalyze what he's doing essentially during a round he takes it for with a grain of salt essentially and and decides that like he's just going to move on to the next shot and it's someone you know and as much as it drives me insane I am I wish I could have that mentality because I hit a bad shot or I miss a putt and all of a sudden the next six holes, I can't think about anything other than that missed putt and that I missed it because I suck. And and that's why I'm not as good.
3: You know? I feel like you like you prefer to blame the equipment. I've known you for a month and a half. You've had six putters.
2: That That is accurate. I am a bit of a putter whore. I have 12 in my room right now. And usually if I have a bad day with one, it comes out and I flip it and put another one in the bag. So that's kind of how I roll. It's kind of
0: like a polygamous putter situation. <laughs> Multiple ones are in play at any time. You never know what's going to happen. I may even carry but,
2: two putters in the bag at one at one round. Oh my goodness. I've I, also experimented with putting left-handed. I have done that.
3: Oh God. I am steadfast. I'm of the belief that like as long as you stay the course, the older you get, you just get better at putting. Like you don't have to do anything. You just add a year and you get a little bit better and I'm so committed to my... Oh, first of all, I spent like $350 on my putter when I was like 19, so <laughs> I've decided that that's my putter for the rest of my life. Um, but I also am like, I don't want to change my stroke because I feel like it resets, it resets my clock. I'm like, I just got to get old and then I'll, I'll become a good putter once I'm old.
2: <laughs> I like yeah, that. Be- I like that train of thought.
1: <laughs> you're going to be really disappointed when you're old. And it, you, yeah. But- like, you have just, just think you just wasted your life. I mean, maybe you should just give me a putter. Maybe you should have Mitchell can give you... I mean, Spencer can give you, what, like, three or four of his. I don't know.
3: That's true. Yeah, I could just... I could carry 12 putters <laughs> in the bag.
0: Yeah, it really... I mean, putting does have quite a bit of a feel aspect to it. If you like the look of the putter and you like the feel of the putter, that's going to help a lot. But some people are just so inside their own head that... Spencer example a he thinks that a new putter is gonna change his game it's like no nah, you're still the same person you still
3: he rolled it pretty well though with that new thing
2: yeah I got myself a new odyssey stroke lab, and phase. I did make a putt today that I didn't expect to make that was big it, it won us the hole on 13 yeah. got us back to one up in the match and we never looked back
0: never once I will say putting throughout the entire match was really the difference maker. Like I didn't put very well. I missed a couple of six to eight footers and I don't necessarily expect to make them, but I don't expect to just throw up all over myself. <laughs> and I pretty much did that on a few, like they didn't even touch the sides. They weren't close. Yeah. That was very uncharacteristic for you. I got to say I was pretty shocked.
1: I, like that you, I loved
2: every bit of it, but I, I like that you've
1: taken your putter and your putting to heart though. There's no outside influences. Like that's just you. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to
0: blame the rain delay also. That was That's another outside influence. I was a little bit shook, and then I had a couple of cocktails, and I was a little buzzed, and I really had no idea where I was aiming, and that's kind of a big part of putting, so I, I ran into that uh, roadblock there. There's the excuses we need. Oh, yeah. Let's I've, go. I got a whole bunch of them. We can, keep, we can keep going on the excuses if you want.
2: So quick recap of the match. We started on hole 10, a little shaky weather. We both hit fairly good drives and were in good spots and then ended up both teams made a debacle of the hole. I think we tied with a double. So not not great there.
0: Tied it was it was one. raining pretty hard once we got up to the green. Yeah, it was a mess. Was I'm a making mess. an excuse for both of us, so yeah, I it counts. Yeah. Yeah, it counts. Um and I didn't have my rain gear. That's Ooh. that's my own fault. That's on you, yeah. Yeah, oh that's totally me.
2: And then uh, we went to 11. Mitchell hit a great drive. Rudo hit a solid putt. Mitchell banged in a birdie. He chipped
0: it to like 15 feet. uh, Okay,
2: you made a good putt. You made birdie. You won the hole. Great. Here's where the part. Here's where it gets good. 12. I hit a solid drive. And Eric over here just pitching wedge from 150 yards center of the green. Easy par. Easy dub. 13. I hit hit a nice tee shot. Eric putted it up. Gimme range. Another dub.
0: I, I missed no, the green. A, I missed the green by like a foot.
2: Yeah. Well you We're left like him in the Twenty rug. feet sorry, from the just, hole. I know. You
0: hate to see it. No, it was my and fault. And we did
2: have a rain delay in there. We did a little rain delay round table on twelve. Uh, I think part of my favorite part of today, other than seeing just being out there with a bunch of cool guys and Allie, who's also cool but just not a guy. Um, <laughs> we we had a great time, but like watching Adam and Ryan. Go around the course. First of all, Ryan's nervousness, not nervousness, anxiousness to hit golf shots. Oh my God. That was he terrible. brought his clubs, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I was really- like,
1: why are you throwing on it? Yeah, is clubs one I'm of tra- us not playing? <laughs> it's like the equivalent of the baseball manager showing up in the full baseball uniform. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Ryan was ready to rock. Dude, I was at like, hey, moment. you never know when someone might turn an ankle out here. The show must go off. It's
0: like Bud Black taking BP.
3: <laughs> like,
0: warming up in the bullpen over there. I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm playing or who's playing here.
3: Well, I so my my plan was to get there 30 minutes early and just hit on the range to get, you know, get my uh my course anxiousness out. It could feel like I got some swings in and and then I got there, and I didn't really look at the time, and so then I carried my clubs down there. I was like, I'm going to go hit on the range, and then Adam's like, it's 115, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then I just I just waited until we got out in front of some people and just begged my way onto the tee box.
2: And then we, uh, we won 14 as well. I hit a well, nice what, go. what
0: You got to talk about what we did on the 14 tee. Oh
2: yeah, so the fourteenth tee. This huh. is gonna this is gonna lead us down another rabbit hole, but we're we're diving in. So the fourteenth tee, we all hit shots uh, with the opposite hand. So Rudo hit it right handed, me, RK, Eric, Adam, which was hilarious, and Mitchell, which was actually even funnier. <laughs> These videos will be tweeted out. They will be made almost viral because they were so bad. I hope. Uh, and we all took shots with the opposite hand. So the five of us took Rudo's driver, who Rudo's left handed, clearly. And we tried to make a, we had basically a long drive competition and it's, it, it was kind of, it's humbling because we all swing right-handed. We're pretty good at hitting the ball, pretty comfortable. And then once you flip around and go to the other side, it's like you lose everything. You lose all control of all your bodily function, not functions, <laughs> but <laughs> movements. Movements. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. And Nobody
0: shit their pants or anything, but, <laughs> no, no, but no. we did make swings left-handed. <laughs>
2: and it was it was bad and it kind of goes in the whole story of golf in general like we talked about it. and i saw this on a espn article or they rated the hardest sports based on difficulty and golf was rated the 51st hardest sport and i actually took that to heart like a bunch of people were saying don't you know it's rated on other things like strength flexibility rating different things that go into it basically power rankings and then you add them all together and you have a have golf as the 51st hardest sport and it goes to show, with four of us in here doing this pod, that we're pretty solid golfers. And all we have to do is flip around, and that's basically what new players are doing. And we couldn't even make considerable contact. I don't think one of us got it off the ground. Mitchell actually
3: whiffed it; it was I, outstanding. I kind of got mine <laughs> off the ground, but it was just like forty feet left.
2: <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Ryan hit a piss missile shank straight left. <laughs> so, but it—it's it, just crazy to me. And I, what are your guys' feelings on that? Just in general of golf being the quote-unquote fifty-first
3: hardest sport to play in the world or in history so i hate the my sport is the hardest guy like you know baseball guy loves to tell you how hard it is to hit 100 mile per hour fastball and i'm sure it is fucking hard (laughs) but i just i don't like the mine is the hardest one i will say this there's no chance that there are 50 sports harder than golf there's just no way um now for certain people certain things might be harder, but. The one thing that, you know, translates from sport to sport, and I say this as someone who is mild, like for a six foot white guy, I'm decently athletic and I can learn another sport within a day, you know, like whether it's basketball or bocce ball, like I can figure it out just based off of relative athleticism and hand eye coordination That is not how it works with golf. And you see someone like Adam, for example, who is a very good basketball player and a generally athletic dude, just not be able to go play golf. Like, it's just not one of the things that you can just learn. Even, you know, throwing a football, you can just figure it out in a day. Whatever it is, like, you can usually figure it out in a short period of time. Golf, for the lucky ones, is months. For most people, it's years. Years. Before you can actually be decent at golf and I, I can't think of another sport that's like that now, yeah at the professional level, it would take <laughs> us years to be able to hit a fastball, but you can go you know to the batting cages and hit pitches you know all day that you can't do you can't go to the driving range and just pick up a golf club and start hitting it so that's way way off I don't know exactly where it should be but definitely in the top 10 in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean golf is like very it's one of those sports that's almost impossible to master. It is literally impossible to master. Uh, the only argument against it rising up, I mean I 51st is absurd, but there's the, the one argument against it is that so many people play it, right? Where if, if you look at the top part of that list, it's like the I think the number 1 was most difficult was boxing or something, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that was um, it. where you could say like the you know everybody can just swing their fists and could can box. um There's I, I guess I, I don't know I mean golf is unbelievably difficult. It is like it is really silly to think that it could be that low that there could be that many other sports above it. I'd be interested to see like what they took into into consideration.
2: Yeah, I think when I looked at the rankings, there's like there's like an awareness factor, like kind of like on Madden. There's like strength, <laughs> like how much strength is needed, which is you know not fairly minimal but it also is interesting just in overall like is it the 51st hardest sport to be great at or is it 51st hardest sport to play because if those are somewhat different relations there because the it's definitely way harder than the 51st hardest sport to be great at yeah in my opinion and it's also i think where it even goes further up is just playing in general like you said boxing you can throw your fist football most humans can run and catch a ball. I'm like not, not saying they're not going to get plowed by an NFL player and maybe turn into a pile of dust, but <laughs> golf, like you can't, like Ryan said, you can't just go right. out there and swing a club and, and actually even sometimes even hit the ball, more or it's, less hit it remotely, even up in the air or close to a distance that you want to.
1: It is crazy. I mean, the f- little fractional differences in a golf swing where you can just be off by one degree and one degree multiplied times fi- 50 yards, 60 yards, or whatever, just like, it, it just, uh, you know it like i guess it, it builds on Multiply, itself yeah, yeah. it multiplies so um, i i i got to think like i mean that wasn't it wasn't compiled by just people sitting down and putting a listing out like they just came up with some goofy formula and they're like well there it is there there it is that's a, that's how the list goes cuz we we have this little goofy formula that we came up with
2: yeah that's how most sports are going to nowadays all these formulas and analytics <laughs> and everything like that so
0: i would actually say golf is more numbers based than a lot of other sports and actually baseball is getting into it. And just with this newer age of all the technology we have available, but for instance, like I have a launch monitor and it gives you
3: love that thing. Yeah.
0: It's sweet. Like it gives you your swing path, your face angle, everything down to like 0.1 of a degree. And if you swing it, for instance, for a right-handed player, if you swing it three degrees outside in, you're going to hit, a small fade. And if you swing it six degrees outside in, you're going to hit borderline slice or close to it. So, I mean, three degrees, if you think about it on a grand scale, it is unbelievable how small the misses are. And That's what pisses me off watching golf as somebody who knows golf because like Nick Faldo and those guys, they played really good golf and that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But a lot of the guys who played really good golf for a living and made millions and millions of dollars, they have no clue what's actually going on in the golf swing itself. They're talking about what they're feeling and just what they think is happening in the moment. And they don't actually know the... Ins and outs of the golf swing itself. So when they say, "Oh, he came over the top of that," he did that. They are so far off on a lot of the the analysis of it. It just makes me shake my head. I usually watch every golf broadcast on mute because i I can't really handle really? it. Yeah, it and a lot of their commentary is good. Just you know, Nick Faldo's voice is just buttery. Like mm-hmm. he is just. It's just golf. You know mm-hmm. i I love hearing his voice but when he gets analytical i have to mute it and thank god johnny miller is no longer a golf announcer (laughs) because that dude was the absolute worst but yeah golf itself is a very technical game and a lot of the greats don't make it technical but then they want to talk about technicalities and i just don't think that they are necessarily qualified to do that so
2: well yeah we were talking about that in the pro shop a little bit today if you are a mildly good golfer or a you are a golf pro which means you you know study together people know you or you can play if you sound educated when you tell them something and they do they know less than you they will not argue with you on it like unless they like they will straight up like believe every word you say whether it's completely right or completely wrong and that's what mitchell's is basically saying is Guys like Nick Faldo won tournaments, pro tournament. I mean, he's a great golfer, great voice, everything. But some of the stuff he says is actually physically wrong. Or he's just saying it as a generalization where people like listening to it are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, they
0: take it for gospel. And it's like they he could say the grass is blue and everybody be like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. But that's a new revelation. <laughs> Everyone just believes that I, it blows my mind, really. Okay, back to the, the match. No, oh, back to the match.
2: So, we won 14. Sheesh. I hit a nice little wedge in there. Eric putted it close. We had an easy par again.
0: We three-jacked it.
2: 15. We get to 15. Mitchell skulls a wedge like 50 feet past the media. I
0: intended to do what I did.
2: I basically drove the green, and then this is when my putter got hot. I putted it from off the green two holes in a row to six inches. I think Mitchell called it slop. That he was putted
0: that. it out of the rough. Like
3: to six inches
0: that. Oh my God. That's just, I mean, I guess
3: I I questioned his decision-making, but he made it happen.
0: Well, and that goes to show you like, he doesn't feel that good about his putter. And when he pulls a putter out six inches or six feet into the rough, that kind of shows you how good he feels about his wedge game. Like, it,
2: it was dry rough. Suspect. Yeah, it was dry and it
0: was. Very, it was dry. It, was it had just rained for the last hour and a half. It was like I'm Jamal like, what Murray the fuck's patchy. Going on? <laughs> yeah, it was. There was a lot of bumps going on. There was good a God. there was a good manscape plug there, but
2: and, and I putted right through it.
0: And yeah, it, he has a horseshoe stuck up his ass. I don't know.
2: And then we did lose on seventeen. Um, Eric finally, You guys
3: made a mess of 17. Eric finally
2: crumbled, and then I crumbled and hit it way over the green. We basically conceded, didn't even get a ball on the green before we yeah, conceded it dis- that hole.
0: 17 was a disaster. <laughs> I hit it to 15 feet.
2: And then, yeah, you won the hole. Credit where credit's due. Thank you. And then we got to 18, <laughs> and I bombed a drive. Eric's second shot was questionable, but in a great spot. Yeah. And that's another fun thing about this game. His shot didn't look good at all, no. but if he would have placed it there, I would have said, and not, I would have not seen the shot. I would have said, that was a great shot. Perfect. And I had a little wedge up there. He missed the putt by about six inches. We had a tap in par for the dub after Mitchell rinsed his in the lake. And we just, we walked off victorious. It was just it was like, a pretty
0: good wind out of the left. <laughs> oh, imagine that. I didn't
2: feel it. No, it was, it was dead calm. <laughs> you didn't calm. feel it.
0: There was a dog barking in the back.
2: <laughs> it was dead calm. Absolutely he, dead calm.
0: The dog left quickly, but no. That was horseshit.
2: All right. So before we uh, talk to Eric a little bit about golf and, and get go into his designer mind of some golf style, I want to read to you guys just and talk to you guys about the D- DNVR Golf Membership. Um, so by the DNVR Golf Membership, you're going to get all DNVR access and membership perks, a premium DNVR X golf polo, which is a sick polo i can't wait to rock it a lot of people are going to see it they're going to love the logo they're going to love the design the comfortability the playability of it and they're going to rock it whether it's going to actually playing golf or just any other function where you need to look semi-decent you can rock the golf polo Um, exclusive invites to cga tournaments you also get a colorado golf association membership with that 30% 30% off lessons and 40% off fittings from Mitchell and I. You just got to hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. Hit us up at DNVR underscore golf on Twitter. We can get you guys all set up. And uh, also 20, 25% off green fees at Common Ground and $15 off green fees at Spring Valley where we played today. Um, if you guys watch the live stream, it was it's uh, especially after the rain, it was beautiful out there in the back nine at Spring Valley. I'm biased. I've worked there since I was... Pre pubescent, basically. And, uh, but it's so a good golf couple course. weeks ago. It's a, it's a solid <laughs> golf course. And so you guys come out to Spring Valley, show your DNVR card, get $15 off any round Monday through Friday.
3: Yeah. Uh, Spring Valley is quickly becoming one of my favorite courses. I don't know what it is. You know, horses for courses, as you guys like to say. <laughs> I think I'm a horse for that course.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's got a good, course, it's course. got a real good feel to it. It's relatively challenging, but not over the top. I think anyone can go out there and enjoy themselves. But then the greens make it to where it's not overly easy and the par threes are long. There's a few challenging par fours. The par fives are gettable. But overall, it's it's pretty set up for uh, a, div- a, a diverse crowd of golfers. Excuse me. Um, like Ryan hits it a long way. So his game is going to be pretty good anywhere as long as he keeps it in the fairway. Okay which she has been doing
3: that's not a lot easier than it is
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's a it's a real fun track to come out there and visit us we're in the pro shop just about every single day um and common ground's a great track too and just all the different perks take advantage of them give us a shout we can get you all set up
2: absolutely all right so eric let's dive into this mind this wild imagination of yours so eric is kind of the perfect guy that we're appealing to uh, we're we're trying to appeal to people that Eric I think before today said he played once in three years.
1: Uh, no, it was I, I didn't play it all. I played earlier this year with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, but I, that was the first time I played this year. I don't think I played at all last year. And then um, I mean I, I I've gone on stretches where I would like wake up before work and like play nine uh, holes. Uh, the
2: dream, yeah. The, see no, that that and that's so. Our question is to kind of grow this game. Why? Why don't you play golf? What are the barriers for you personally of why you don't play more golf? Because after watching you today, I feel like you should play more golf. If I was hitting it like you are, I'd play more golf.
1: Um, It's like a time commitment, right? I mean, it's just like, it's obviously what everybody will tell you. It's time and it's money, right? I mean, you have to, especially if you're going to play 18 holes, you have to devote four hours of your Saturday, your Sunday. Um, And I mean, honestly, the reason I haven't in the last few years is I've been so focused on designing and doing dnvr and all these things like just basically sitting behind my computer so um it was like it felt good to like use my body for things like that weren't just like moving a mouse
3: one other thing though you've told me is that you, you don't have like a golf squad like. yeah that's
1: true that is true i mean like i don't have people that i like they like go out and like um you know, like the the golf squad is like super important. It is important to like have, I mean, I don't, I really don't have a problem like talking to strangers, hanging out. Like that's the nice thing about golf is you can just like show up. um, And the nice thing is that you can just talk about golf with whoever you're hanging out with and it can end up being like really fun. Um, But you know, every now and again, like you just want to, like you want that squad, man. You want to see, you just want to like go out like, Hey, you know, we're hitting it. You want the invite. It's just like, having to be a self-starter with golf sometimes is like, it gets a little old.
2: Oh yeah. I I totally get that. And, and that's what we're trying to figure out and find out like why, why people don't play golf and why people don't play more golf. Because it is a really, like a lot of the times when, when we go out and play golf, it's kind of secondary. It's like what we're doing, but we're mostly just hanging out with our friends. It just happens to be outside swinging a club, you know, having some drinks, but it's basically like hanging out at a bar. You just are outside and you're doing a little more, Physical activity than hanging out at a bar.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you also have to be like pretty premeditated in like setting up a golf round. Um, it's it's true. A little, it's Especially in
3: today's day and age.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so a week out usually. It's right, not like right, a yeah. spur of the moment kind of thing. So you kind
1: of have to like get in that mode. It's like an inertia where you like, you get into that golf thing where you're then you know, you start to feel good. You're improving. You want to get out like RK is in like a crazed golf uh, moment. I feel like <laughs> where he's like, like wanting to get out there, like he's hosting a show, but he wants to hit the, his clubs. Oh, like. God, that was
3: <laughs> torturous, honestly.
1: So, I mean, I've been there. I've been there. It's just like, you know, winter comes, you fall off. And then for what, you know, just, just didn't get it uh, going again.
0: Well, and I, I will say that a lot of guys out at our golf course, um, they're strictly golf buddies. There's a lot of guys who don't even know each other's last names. They've just met each other at the golf course, and they... Uh,
3: Sorry, it's 95-95 in 95, 95 the Nuggets
0: game Oh, right gee, how many Christmas. <laughs> but they meet each other at the golf course. They're like, oh, yeah, Steve. They don't even know his last name. Yeah, totally. And they play, they play with him all summer. And it's just like strictly golf buddies. And there's guys like that who... They don't hang out outside of golf, but they set up rounds two, three times a week. So it's kind of like finding that little golf group of like totally. seven, eight dudes who are always making tee times together. And it, we want to make it easier where there's like 40 people where you, you can hit up any of them and be like, hey, you want to go play golf? And we just want to make it a, a more of a commonality where there's just a big group chat like, hey, who wants to hop in on this round? And Totally everyone can enjoy each other's company and you know there's there's nothing weird about it i guess you could say so
1: yeah
2: that's exactly what we're trying to create here at dnvr golf it's not golf it's dnvr it's culture it's community it's a family so all right jumping into your designer mind give me a few things that you love about golf clothes or the things people wear on the golf course and some things you just can't stand
1: uh I mean golf kind of falls into two categories you have like super extreme and then you have like super old school fuddy duddy and so I mean I don't like I golf is a place where I don't really I mean, I have like dumb shoes. Like I don't really, you know, like I don't have like big golf.
2: Uh, he got a lot of shit for his shoes. I did today. get a lot. They were well, golf shoes. I loved them.
1: Yo, it, the reason I got so much shit is because Rudo's shoes were an absolute nightmare, and he saw fit to try and turn it on, <laughs> turn it onto my shoes. Misery loves company, kind of thing. There's absolutely
3: no time where those shoes are acceptable. <laughs> right. Golf course, right? Are so not. he tried
1: to flip it onto my shoes as though my shoes were an issue. But all the same, like. um, you know i i actually like a lot that golf is like really starting to come into this century and it's starting to appeal to a younger crowd like you know spencer has like super fly golf uh, style out there he's got like um golf jordans and like rk has like really cool really cool like uh air max one uh golf shoes um and like when i was like really getting into golf years ago like that it, it that turn hadn't happened yet. So right. there were like all the golf, I mean like the, those Adidas, you know, like brown frumpy shoes were like about the coolest ones that I came across.
0: Yeah. They they were some of the first like casual golf shoes. It used to be like wingtips and yeah, yeah. all very golf, like foot joy and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Yep. And I mean, foot joy still dominates the market, but like these ones I have on right now, they almost look like Yeezys. Even like yeah. Ryan said, they look like all birds and they're, oh yeah, they, they are foot joy and they're like, they're called the FootJoy Flex Coastal. If I want to plug some FootJoy, um, but they're super comfy. Right. And they they look badass. Them, right. And they're a more relaxed style. It's not like I've got.
1: It's exactly it. Like I mean, the, the, that is another barrier to entry. Is just golf was um, it positions itself this way, where it's you know it's the the sport of the elites. Like you, and in order to to play it, I mean, tennis used to be this way too. You have to wear the polo shirt. You have to wear the you have a, a dress code. It's like you feel um, like you are doing something wrong. All the time, if you don't, if you're like not in,
0: yeah, like you're like around. looking around, like who's judging me for exactly, what I'm wearing, exactly. yeah, kind of yeah, thing,
1: right? And the, like the rangers yelling at you, playing fast <laughs> enough. Like, I mean, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of things that keep people away like that, and the fact that it's gotten more casual. I mean, probably a lot of it is due to barstool, um, and it's really started to appeal to this younger crowd. Like, as far, I mean, you tell me, I don't know, I'm not like as deeply into this world, but from what I've seen from the outside. Um, just getting that like casual like uh, you know dumb guys and their stupid buddies like going out and, like, <laughs> playing drinking games and Well and know.
2: honestly that is what when I went to school for golf and started golf school basically 9 years ago now the game was about to be ex- almost extinct right. yeah. and and millennials suck i get that i am one and i know I, we suck we're lazy <laughs> we're all this but like i think millennials almost are going to save the game of golf because they're go they're going out and yeah maybe they're not the most well-dressed and they're not following all the rules they're showing up late to tee times things like that but their money and their willingness to come out and play or spend their sunday at a golf course on a sunday morning is going to keep the game of golf alive and it is keeping the game of golf alive right now to be honest
3: yeah i also think top golf deserves a little bit of credit in this absolutely Um, you know it's kind of that's taking down a barrier in golf and people can go out there and have fun and you know you see anyone will go to top golf which is kind of crazy to me because like before Top Golf, you wouldn't just see anyone go to a driving uh. range and just try out golf. Never. Uh. But you go to Top Golf and you see some people who are literally struggling to touch the ball. And I'm like, wow, you just decided to come here. Like, you didn't worry about anything. You just came to Top Golf. And I think you know, you have someone who goes out there and they are good at it or they're at least making contact they're like, oh, this might be something that I'm interested in.
0: Well, yeah. And to your point, you almost look like an asshole if you go to Top Golf and take it serious. Like nobody totally goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan's like grinding. Ryan absolutely He's like, I'm trying golf, to get yeah. Yeah. To like 250 points in this round. No,
3: it's am more to- just like I'm practicing and there just happens to be like music and
0: targets. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, my favorite thing about Top Golf is the couches. Because I just go there and I watch sports. I love when it's snowing oh, and I'm under the Top heater the and I just lay on the couch. It's, I'm, it's like an indoor-outdoor area. Lay on the couch, watch sports, and then Spencer's like, you want to hit a few shots? I'm like, sure, I'll hit like three. And then I go lay back down, <laughs> order like that giant charcuterie board pretzel, <laughs> and just fucking sit there. And it's great. That's, that's the best thing about Top Golf, and just not – being overly serious is kind of like our, our general thing. Just enjoy yourself.
1: And yeah, yeah. I mean, from the design standpoint, I mean that, that follows, right? Like things have gotten a lot more relaxed. Like we're talking about, I mean, you know golf clothes and, and just walking around in like a golf polo was like the ultimate dad move like you would wear like <laughs> big cushy white new balances with your golf polo you'd, you'd wear it to the like air max or the
0: the air monarchs Yeah, the air monarchs in a golf polo like you, would drive, or... you
1: would drive around you see like dad's mowing their lawn and their golf polo with their air monarchs <laughs> um but it's just you know like there has been a real um I don't know injection of life and color and um, a lot Ricky of the young po- Yeah, Ricky Fowler. Like that, yeah. yeah, totally. And you know, it's exciting. You know, it's fun. And, and then like just reminding people that the, the sport is in fact fun as opposed to stuffy is is probably the the biggest design change and cultural shift that's happened that I've seen.
2: Exactly. So. All right. Before we wrap this pod up, we're gonna get our weekly segment in of "Don't Be That Golfer." Um, we're gonna start with you, Eric. So, what's something that you've seen or been annoyed by on the golf course that someone else does that we're we're gonna let the people know you probably shouldn't be that guy when you're out on the golf course? Yo, just
1: just like a general aggro attitude, like when people are you know like hitting into you or just like oh my God. In, just that that thing where you just run into somebody and um, you know just to stick
0: up their ass kind of thing. Yeah,
1: man, like where. Especially when you're talking about like people doing this for a recreation uh, and people like just can't get beyond that that idea. And like if you're playing slow or whatever, this is nothing worse than that guy.
3: That perfectly leads me into mine, which is going to take a quick story here. But I'm playing Spring Valley last Sunday and I blast my drive not only just over the fairway that I'm aiming for and to the right of it in the rough, not into the fairway on the next hole, but across (laughs) that fairway. So I've now gone two holes over. (laughs) And uh, there's people coming up towards the green, and they've already hit all their shots, so all they have to do is walk to the green. But I need to wait for them so I can hit back all the way across their hole, across the rough, and back to my hole. And this guy's like bro, what are you doing? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to get towards nine green. I know it's very far away from here, but that's where I'm aiming. And he's like, nine is over there. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's where it starts, but I'm trying to finish it. It's over there. he's like, all right, well, like we're standing here. So like you're out of bounds. And I was just like, dude, what are you talking about? Just keep going. Just keep walking and you'll be out of my way. This guy I swear to God, talked to me for five minutes trying to tell me how I was wrong. And I was just like, please just get out of the way. They never get out. You know what he says to me? He goes, all right, man, you can have it your way. We'll just hide behind our bags while you hit over us. So th- there's literally two couples in my line towards the other fairway le- hiding behind their bags.
1: I hope that you aimed for their bags. Uh, dude.
3: I was so in my head because I wanted to like blast it so badly because it's par five and I completely topped it and (laughs) didn't even make it back to my hole yet. I was still in there fairway, but thankfully out of the way. And it's just like, don't, whatever that guy is, don't be him. (laughs) Like just get, get the hell out of the way and forget about it.
2: All right. So my don't be that golfer for this week is don't be that golfer that while someone else is putting, you're counting your strokes from the hole out loud. Oh, wow. That is about one of the most annoying things, and not a lot of people that are fairly good players do it, but it's just it's aggravating when you're pointing to where each shot went and trying to count out loud. I don't know why. That just aggravates the hell out of me.
3: What? How do you feel about people standing behind you to get a line or on the other side of the hole? Does that bother you? I
2: Actually, that does not bother me at all. I'm very careful about that with everyone else I play yep. with, but to me... The only thing that bothers me mid swing mid putt is an actual yell that will s- actually yeah. scare me. But other than that, people can be talking. I mean, Adam was full talking during a shot I yes. hit today and I did hit it st- I still hit it well, which made me feel good, but that I usually try to like block that stuff out and I feel like as you play more
0: golf and get comfortable, you can easily block that
3: is stuff. Is etiquette? Out. Is the etiquette you're supposed to ask if you can get a read off someone?
0: Yeah, generally like I would say the only time you stand behind someone is if you're their teammate or you kind of like quarter your way in and right when they hit it, you walk in Step after in, it. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't stand directly behind them. I would say that's relatively out of line unless you straight up ask them, like, do you mind if I stand behind you? But right. if they're your competitor, they're probably not going to want to give you a line. So that's kind of where you run into that issue. Um, <clears throat> but I would say stepping in right afterwards or kind of, quartering yourself on the other side of the hole just directly in line is slightly out of line. Ironically. All right, there we go. Um, and my don't be that golfer this week is just general Bev cart etiquette. Um, Mm. there's a few different things I'll touch on real quick. Um, there's certain things that a Bev cart does or does not carry. Don't ask, a lady or any Bev lady to specifically go in and get you one beer from the, the, the clubhouse. It's just, it's not logistical for them to sell you a $4 beer to drive all the way in and go get one beer. And then also don't like make sexual moves at them. Just kind of covering a whole lot of, Ooh, that is bright. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, just, a few certain things like that uh, that kind of torque me off. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for me.
2: All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thanks, Eric, for joining us. Thanks, RK, for joining us. Anytime. We, we had a great time on Big Drive Live today. I hope you guys check that out. Check out our swings, our left-handed swings. Those will be posted. Follow us on Twitter at DNBR underscore golf. I am at Odd Bros Spence.
0: And I'm at Odd Bros Mitch.
2: We will talk to you guys next week with some more extremely interesting golf conversation. (laughs)